Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Anna McIntyre, episode 31. And today's podcast, although I'm tentatively giving it to you because we all know what happens on this podcast, we don't stay on topic, but um, today's podcast is titled So Far, Lessons Learned in a Spiritual Business, and we'll see if we stick to it. But first things first... Eddie, I found your email. Apologies for that. Um, So, Eddie has written in and he says, Hi Hannah, I wonder if the spirit world are aware of what is going on with our own mental health in our physical life. I ask as an adult with Asperger's condition and other neurodiversity conditions, when I am in circle and developing mediumship, I don't have the same communication issues I have the rest of my real life. It's as if things are gently moved to the side for the time period of working within mediumship. 
I also don't have the same internal chatter that neurotypical people have, obviously a bonus. I'm at a stage when I'm really at ease to discuss my mental health issue from my perspective and with regards to my own mediumship development. To recap the question, will the souls in the spirit world who work with us be aware of our own mental health issues? So, yes, I believe they will. Um, I believe uh, that your soul chose to incarnate here with the, I don't want to say barriers because there's a lot of amazing things about being Aspergic. So I don't want to say barriers, but with that type of being that type of person, your soul chose that. So of course your guides, your spirit team, I believe also are aware of that and are working with you in that always. And like you say, there are benefits to it. My God, I would love not to have the internal chatter. I would love it. Um, So there's, I've worked with people with Asperger's and other types of autism in their mediumship development. And what I will say in my very limited experience of it so far is they are far more fact-based in their uh, mediumship then fluffy and there's nothing wrong with being fluffy or fact-based in your mediumship you have to be evidential with it obviously but I find that rather than getting immersed in the emotions of it they have a that they prove the existence of the spirit in a different way and not necessarily in a bad way So you guys will have heard me say before that I think it's important to look at the medium that you're booking in with and work out if that medium's style of mediumship is the style of mediumship that you want for your reading. There's no point booking with me, for example, if you just want a list of hollow facts. I'm not that girl. That's that's never going to be me just belting out. Of course, I'm evidential and I want to work with evidence. But my preferred way of working, my way of working is building the presence of that person, reminding you of who they were and how they are and what they want to speak about rather than they lived at number 36, for example. Now, some of you that will resonate with and some of you are like, what's the point in that? I want an undeniable evidential proof and so again it's about allowing yourself to be the medium that you want to be and it's about sitters feeling empowered to pick the medium they want to work with. So in some respects Eddie um, you will find certain things harder than a uh, neurotypical person and then in other respects you will find that you are better at things than a neurotypical person and actually if I'm honest I don't think that comes from um, or is specific to your uh, Asperger's I think that comes and is specific to being an individual in your mediumship so there is mediumship that I have seen that I have thought was great mediumship but not how I want to do mediumship and there has been mediumship that I have seen that I have been amazed by and aspire to and that will be different for me than it is for you 
and different for somebody else than it is for us, etc., etc. And that's how it should be. This is what we need to be embracing in spirituality is not one size fits all. So I'm really glad that you are finding a way to communicate with spirit and not allowing your Asperger's to be a barrier to it. And it's the same for everybody. People all, I'm not belittling living with Asperger's and I hope it doesn't sound like that, but I think everybody has different crosses that they have to bear and different things that they have to learn to work through and with. That is the mediumship self-development journey. Um, so yeah, I think the souls in the spirit world are aware of where you're at emotionally and also where you're at in your belief system. Um, and this is something that I've mentioned before, but this is why I can't contact all of the people that don't believe in the spirit world and just prove the existence of the spirit world to them. Wouldn't that be something if I could get a real naysayer in front of me and just go, here's undeniable evidence. But as you know from listening to this podcast, people have to be in the right space to receive. It's not pulling a rabbit out of a hat. It's an emotional and healing and energetic experience being a sitter. And some people aren't ready for it. And if they're not ready for it, the spirit world are not going to pop in with jazz hands going, ta-da, because they know that person isn't ready for it. So I believe that the spirit world are acutely aware of where everybody's at with mental health issues, but also readiness readiness to receive a message readiness to hear from that person and I know we've mentioned this before but good examples include things like you really want to hear from your dad in the spirit world but your grandfather comes in for your first reading and yeah there'll be a part of you that's disappointed you're great to hear from your grandfather but you really wanted to hear from your dad but then there's a part of you that hopefully will understand that maybe your grandfather was the gateway was the entry point that made it easier for you to be able to receive that message from your dad. Um, just like sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes I can't get a connection for somebody. And that could be something to do with me and where I'm at. And it could be something to do with them and where they're at. Luckily for me, I think it's only happened twice in um, 12 years. But it does happen and we have to be aware of that and we have to be mindful of that. That is why there has to be the collaboration of somebody booking a reading. That is why I've got a real bee in my bonnet about people not conjuring the spirit world and trying to do a connection on somebody who hasn't asked for it while they're trying to do their food shop. Or even when they're trying to have a healing session, I don't believe if someone's booked for Reiki, you should be trying to communicate with their loved ones on the other side because they haven't signed up for that. They haven't given their permission. So it's a complex and complicated, you know, as it always is. It always is, but it's always interesting. So yeah, I think they're with you. They know what you're experiencing, how you're filtering things. They are finding different ways to work with you. And isn't what this is all about is, us all learning from what's been and improving on it 
and finding different ways and new experiences and new answers and learning that way yeah so I hope that makes sense um and I hope that answers your question Eddie and much love on your journey um go for it and don't think of it as something you need to overcome think of your Asperger's as something you need to work with and embrace your uniqueness that's what I would say to you if you were learning through me um, it doesn't make it un- invalid in some way because you will work differently to the other people you're learning with in fact that's your superpower so there's that bit for you all and now let's move on to lessons learned in a spiritual business I just want to share some things um, with you all about if you're thinking of or perhaps running your own spiritual business or following mediums online I mean it is a quagmire I wanted a better word than that but that's the one that stayed of mediums working these days and of um there's so many to choose from so many things to look at and there are certain I would say red flags things that perhaps should be a warning to you Um, and I know I've talked about some of these before but we're going to cover them all today so where do we begin you've been doing your practice you've been doing your work you are um, thinking of taking that step out into the big wide world putting your head above the parapet and offering readings or healing or some sort of spiritual work to the public now hopefully if you're in that space you are also in a space where you understand you are not finished and there is no such thing as ever being spiritually developed tick off the box you are done you guys who've been on this podcast journey with me from the beginning will know this because I try and share the learning and the journey as I'm on it. I know before I stopped, hopped onto this train, I thought there would be a destination. Now I'm on it. I realise that the journey, the train journey is the, the be all and end all and there will never be an end and nor would I want them to be. That's why I love spirituality. It never stops. So one of the things that often happens to people when they um, start a spiritual business is you go from doing a few of, let's say readings, but it can be healing sessions as well. You go from doing three or four a week, perhaps in your practice groups and on your on your guinea pigs, and then you go out to the public to do it as a job. And one of the things, I was very lucky, as you know from the previous podcast, I had a freezer room at home, so I made that into my spiritual space. But one of the things I've noticed in students is that they will go at it um, wanting to be professional. Now, being professional is a massive passion of mine, absolutely. Um, I'm really stuck in expecting the mediums that I teach and the mediums that I see on social media to behave in a professional manner Um, but sometimes you have to allow yourself a little bit of space to get started so for example you want to start your business you want to start doing readings you don't necessarily have to have a dedicated space for it Um, you can do it in I started healing in my living room Um, 
I mean, I made it nice. I made sure it was tidy. There wasn't piles of washing out and the ironing board there and, you know, crap around. The dog was shut away, things like that. I know um, somebody once did a healing session and uh, their cat jumped on the person being healed while they were in a lovely trance state and it was very problematic for the person being healed because it was so shocking really caused a problem in their energy so things like that I think are desperately unprofessional but you can still do it in your living room and be professional and the reason I'm starting with that is when people go to get a room what I see happens is as follows they get a room uh, maybe they hire a space maybe they build a space or decorate a space at home And in the hiring, the decorating, the kitting it out comes a lot of cost. And in that cost comes a pressure to recoup your costs back, to make it profitable. And also I think for a lot of us, normally in a relationship, there's one person trying to create this business out of something woo-woo and the other partner isn't quite as into it and doesn't really understand it and doesn't quite get it and then you have this problem because you're trying to prove yourself and money and finances are a great thing I'll talk about the greatness of it later but I'm also going to talk about the problems caused by it so um there's a lot of pressure to put yourself under to start so I would suggest you try to do what you can to alleviate that pressure and also that you don't try and bite off more than you can chew straight away because working for somebody for free is a different energetic space to working for somebody for a fee and it's more pressure for you it's more stress for you you're more held more accountable for it but also um if you're renting a space or anything like that you might go from doing your three to four readings a week to I've got this space for six hours so I need to do 12 readings in that time and that has a massive energetic impact on you and one of the biggest problems I see people who begin with having is this I've got to do so many and not allowing it to grow gently they go at it all guns blazing and I've mentioned this before but I'm going to say it again Um, when I demonstrate when I do a demonstration of mediumship the next day I am ruined my whole body aches like I've done some kind of crazy fitness class I'm foggy headed I'm exhausted because in that 90 minutes two hours of working I am changing and altering my state and it's also stressful and nerve-wracking and it takes some time to recover so I know that I can't work the day after it's the same if you're doing readings for people. If you do back to back, back to back readings, lots and lots and lots and lots, it's too much. And what will happen is if you decide to follow that path, what I find happens is the spirit world won't stop you. But what they will do is they will keep you on a surface level of your energetic connection and your blending because they know you can't maintain the level of blending for the really good evidence that you need. Um for a long period of time so when I um, was invited to work on a like a psychic site they wanted me to commit to six hour shifts and I refused and I was the only medium to my knowledge 
on that site that said no that's not how it works you need time in between you can't have back-to-back appointments you can't work for that length of time it will kill you because people don't talk about what it's really like and yeah you're dealing with a business but that business needs to understand how it works and then I knew from that moment on it was never going to be the right place for me so one of the things I would really suggest is that you don't try and and take on loads of clients start with one or two a week allow yourself a period of time where you are adjusting to the new frequency of working for paying clients it's a different energy to your practice groups um so that is something that really you really need to process and you really need to sit with and you really need to not rush and as you've heard me say before i do recommend that everybody that's starting a spiritual business keeps a job in the corporate world certainly for the beginning so it's not that you need you want to be working um, on doing readings to pay your bills because that also causes problems if you think about I know for me let's talk about me here personal um, story here I get really bad migraines um, no amount of Reiki or anything seems to fix it it just seems to be the way I'm built and they can come out of nowhere I have to be very very careful and very mindful of um, of what's going on with my body now what happens often is in the day building up they normally hit at night to the migraine I'll feel really foggy headed and out of it now if I'm working and I've got a client I sometimes have to cancel clients so I have to leave enough space in my diary to not only uh, to, to have migraines but to be able to reschedule people because if you're rescheduling somebody you don't want to reschedule them onto an already busy week so I leave that kind of space for me but it's also that if I know that I need to work with that client to pay a bill where is my integrity in that situation it's very very hard to turn away money when you need it but you know you shouldn't be working um so i always ask people to to bear that in mind and keep that in mind and always allow that freedom so for most of us that really looks like uh, for most of my students it's doing a day job and then doing a reading in the evening two 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 evenings a week something like that allowing it to build so don't run in it all guns blazing I'm manifesting a thousand pounds for myself in my first month of trading because you have to learn to sit in that new frequency to heal every single session I do with somebody brings stuff up for me that I then have to reconcile you have to allow time for that and you want to be I don't want to be rushing through somebody often what I find happens in readings certainly especially when you're doing evidential connections is that the person will wait till you've finished to then break down um, to then want to tell you about their loved one and I never want to be in a space where I've got to go because I'm aware there's somebody else waiting I always want to allow enough time to be able to talk about them and remember them and spend time with that person so for me I find personally the optimum number of readings to do is two it's small isn't it two a day and not every day because obviously I'm working my office job two days a week as well so that's one side of it where else do I want to go now here's one authenticity 
authenticity and integrity really really important um you know because i mentioned it the other day but don't private message people don't friend request your clients that is if you get a reading from a medium and then they want to be your friend on facebook that is weird to me that is not appropriate it's a bit you know we are not therapists. I would never say that we are therapists. That's completely separate to mediumship. But it is about having that client-therapist kind of relationship. And you shouldn't want to be friends with the people that you are healing. That is a crossed boundary. That makes it weird for them and makes it weird for you. So if you're getting friend requests from mediums, that to me automatically is a red flag. That is something weird to watch out for you know my thoughts on direct messages as well they shouldn't need to send them they shouldn't need to send them on the flip side um social media and things like that social media can kill you the end imagine that someone coming through a medium they died from social media but it can it can suck the life and the authenticity out of your page and I have fallen for this so I mentioned before that I did um, a social media course with um, Elise Dharma and the advice on there was you know reply to every comment make sure you're posting every I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss day build up this momentum now Elise Dharma's approach works it absolutely works does it work for a spiritual business I'm not sure because if you're posting something purely for the sake of posting it rather than because it really resonates with you and it really lights you up and it's something authentic that you're feeling in that moment where's the line there if you're trying to call people to you for your light and your purity and your energy and your maybe not purity no one comes to me because I'm pure (laughs) but you know what I mean if you're trying to attract people you need to be in the energy of this is me this is who I am this is what I'm showing not over posting I mean one of the things really quotes and we've all done this I do this I did it the other day I caught myself out on this because we fall into the trap of social media because we all know that social media's algorithm for businesses is built on the idea that um, you need to keep building that momentum keep it going keep it going so if you don't know this here's a little key for you Uh, Facebook for example if you have a post that does really really well 
um, what they will do is they will then show your next post to more people. So I have got uh, 26,000 followers on Facebook nearly. Um, And what I find happens is um, my posts are shown on average if they perform well to around 2,000 of them. So just because people follow you does not mean they see your stuff. Now, if I have a post that does really well, and by does really well, I mean lots of comments, um, then my next post will do well as well. Uh, Not as well, but well, and so on and so forth. So you're always trying to build that momentum. But if you fall into that trap, you can lose a piece of you. So it's finding that balance because it is a business and it should make money for you. Um, but it should make money for you the right way. And it's always really hard to, to find that. It's it's really, really difficult. Um, and Spirit won't do it for you. They, I, I pay for Facebook advertising. Spirit don't magically, wondrously put followers in front of me. Um, that's such a disempowering idea. Yes, there are certain people who have been drawn to my page or drawn to this podcast, and hello to you if you're listening, who found it by accident. But most of you will have been searching for mediumship or psychic or something like that. Um, and it's the same with social media. I might ping up in your in your feed, and that's great if I do, but it's more likely that I've managed to work my way through the algorithm or I've paid for you to see me. I mean, where we're at now with Facebook is I have to pay for the people that have liked my page to see my stuff. It doesn't just happen by accident. Um, and Spirit won't do that for you. They can't hack uh, a human algorithm computer system yet, but there's still hope, guys. We've all seen the Matrix. We know what's possible. Um, now, here's one of the things that is really important. There are legalities that you need to think of, ethical considerations and legal considerations. Now, here's one I found the other day when I looked it up because I got my bee in the bonnet about something. Because to tell you what my pet hates is, it's my apps, is people that say, mediums that say they read for celebrities. What, because, because they've been on a reality TV show, they're a better person than us? I don't... How can you be spiritual and say that you are working with the spirit world and then elevate somebody above everybody else because they've been on the telly box? Am I wrong? It just seems really counter counter spirit world to me. I don't get it. Anyway, if you do write that, you, a, a person is allowed to contact you and ask you for the details of the celebrities that you have read for. So if you write celebrity medium, you're allowed, people are allowed to ask for evidence and you are not allowed to say, it's all right, I've got an NDA, I can't tell you because I'd, I'd be sued and hold yourself under that. If you've got an NDA and the only uh, celebrities that you've worked with have made you sign NDAs, you are not allowed to advertise yourself as a celebrity medium. Why would you want to anyway? But I just think that's really interesting. Also in the UK, any claims about healing have to make it clear that it's spiritual healing. Uh, so you're not allowed to say, um, make, make claims basically. You can say can help with, but you're not allowed to say will help with. Um, so that's always an interesting one to try and pick your way through so make sure you look things up make sure you look I mean in the UK we are not allowed to read about uh, 
law, we are not allowed to read about health, we are not allowed to read about, I mean pregnancy, we're not allowed to read about pregnancy in the UK. So that's why if you listen to my interview with Kimberly Meredith, the medical medium, I had to put the disclaimer at the beginning because I was trying to work my way through I want to share everybody's message, not just ones that I necessarily think are, that I necessarily completely agree with. Um, I think it's really important that we all understand that we can all take something from everybody, whether we agree with their work or not. And I'm not saying I don't agree with her. I'm just saying in the UK, I have to be careful with what I share and how I share it. So there's considerations like that. Now, price. Let's talk about price and earning money because this is always difficult. And I've talked about this before for any um, truly spiritual person. How can I possibly charge for something that's a gift? For me, I have to find the balance in it. Um, I don't think that people shouldn't pay me. I don't think I should work for free. Um, I've spent a lot of money to get myself to the standard of mediumship that I've got. I have to pay insurance and website hosting. I have to pay for um, podcast hosting. I have to pay for Canva to create my images. I have to pay for car, you know, there's just so many costs associated with having a business um, that I think price is, it's important to charge. Um, And I think it's important to charge well. Um, And some of you will know I put my prices up recently um, and I had real resistance to that. And my lovely friend Amanda had to sort of talk me through it and help me. She's a manifesting genius. But again, she understands that you have to put the work in. You can't just go, I I wish I was earning more and charge less. On the flip side of that, I do try and do free readings for people. I do work in uh, churches a couple of times a year and take no payment for that. I do that just for the join to support the churches so you have to find your space this podcast is free um you have to find what works for you so i'm not saying it should all be about the money honey and what you charge but there needs to be a ebb and flow to it and things that i think are important when you're starting out is you'll want to charge less than everybody else because you haven't got as much experience. But then by doing that, you're devaluing your own work and you're going to attract clients to you who don't value your work in the same way. One of the things that I found out that has completely blown my mind is that putting my prices up actually attracted a better calibre of sitter for me. So everybody I have worked with in the last few weeks has been engaged. Most of you listen to the podcast. Hey girls, hey. Um, You know me. You know my style of mediumship. You want to work with me. Because when I was charging less, what I would get is people who wanted a reading but didn't necessarily want a reading from me. So there's a balance in there. And when you're building up, you I remember building up and asking to um sell all my reading spaces when I was you know when I built up my battery and I was doing quite well with it and I did but then I didn't specify that I wanted great clients who were engaged I just said I wanted my spaces sold and that was a lesson because I had two weeks of people who just wanted future prediction readings and to be told that they're cheating scumbag X was going to come back to them and it was so soul destroying but what an important lesson for me it isn't actually about paying 
getting the money I want to work with people that want to do the work I want to work with people who want to be inspired I want to work with people who are open who are interested in collaborating and I've got an example of this from one of my readings uh, recently so I'm not going to say who it was in case they would rather I didn't but E um, hi E you booked with me and I got your mother-in-law through and your mother-in-law I was receiving that because we always know it's like energetic charades isn't it I was receiving information like she'd left our house in a mess that's how I was understanding it. she'd left behind a mess that people were trying to sort through now because E listens to this podcast and is open and was collaborating with me in the spirit world to make the reading good E said no not her house it's something to do with her will And then I was able to get information and evidence to prove that that's what she was talking about. But I wouldn't have been able to go there the same way if E was one of those people who just went, no, don't know what you're talking about, you're wrong, and didn't open up to it. So the only reason we were able to go there, and that was a very healing story, it was very healing, Um, you know, the lady had died very quickly and... um, She'd changed her will in like a fit of peak when she was angry several years before. And she kept thinking, I need to change it back. I need to change it back. But she hadn't. And as a result, her son had not received anything from her estate. And his sister was refusing to share it. And what the mother-in-law wanted to say was, I didn't mean for this to happen. And I'm sorry. And there was... um lots of amazing stuff in it there really was but I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened and I'm not saying that spirit wouldn't have found another way to get that information through me but because E was just open and said there was a mess left behind but it's not a physical one I was able to pick through it and understand it better and then we got the good evidence and then we got the good stuff so for me putting my prices up has meant that I get people that are other particular caliber who are ready and willing and engaging and then we get the great work and the great experiences so take from that what you will now I said this earlier being unique and I do still stand by this it has to be you when we first start we we kind of hide we hide behind other people's more established people more knowing people and one of the best things that you can do is is share your truth your experiences your journey with people that's what people want people buy from people um and it's so important when i um when they were obviously preparing me for this podcast what spirit started doing was channeling stuff through me um i did a post once about the trees in the woods and that all came from spirit they would give me um inspirational messages and things to share on my page that that came directly from them channeled from them to people to inspire and guide and and hopefully put a spark in them um but you know, I used to fall into that trap of sharing other people's stuff. Oh my goodness, it's Deepak Chopra. He knows so much more than me. And he does. Don't get me wrong. He really does. But if you wanted Deepak Chopra, you'd be on Deepak Chopra's page. I'm going to try not to keep saying that. I keep worrying I'm going to mess it up. Um, you want, you need to be sharing your own voice, your own experiences, because that's what people need. Um, what have I written here? People will... Ah, oh, people will copy you. <laughs> Deal with it. 
oh my God, such a big lesson for me when one of my students, who I felt a real friendship and connection to, set up her own spiritual business 15 minutes away from my house. She broke my heart. Um, She didn't tell me she was doing it. She just did it, made a copy, um, literally copied everything I was doing. I started demonstrating in hotels. She started booking hotels. It was hilarious. Now, at the time, it was really painful to me and really triggering to me. But when I was writing down the notes for this podcast, I realised that I hadn't been thinking, I hadn't thought about it for ages, like I'm completely over it. And that's so fascinating to me. So I needed that lesson from her and I'm grateful for those lessons from her. And, you know, people copy me all the time and I see that and that's okay. Because is any of this really real? It's, you know, if you're working with the spirit world, who am I to say that it's my idea and not spirit's idea? And if it's spirit's idea, it doesn't belong to me, does it? So you have to kind of get yourself into that blasé state and don't hold back on your one of the biggest things for me has been not holding back on this podcast is a perfect example you know when I first started doing it I was almost scared to tell the whole story in case I didn't have anything to talk about next week um what if I run out of juice what if I run out of inspiration and one of the biggest things I've learned from doing this podcast in the last two years has been um you the more you give the more you get it's just like that magic penny song love is something if you give it away you know the one you can have it in your head give it away give it away you end up getting more i won't carry on but you, yeah you're welcome uh so it is that that kind of thing you give away the knowledge more knowledge comes I've developed so much more from doing this podcast once I started giving it freely rather than holding stuff to my to my chest and going oh I can't give that I can't do this so don't worry about people copying because you're in your lane and you're getting inspired and you're getting your stuff and more will come more will come and sometimes you need to say no that's been such a hard lesson for me. I'm such a people pleaser. Um, sometimes you need to say no. Students have been a really great example of that for me. When I set up my circles and I wanted people with me, and then you would end up with these people with really toxic energy in your groups. You have to bin them off. Your job is not to heal them and hold them and coddle them into a place of unconditional love your job is to protect the other members of your group a perfect example of that is a girl who came to my circle god years ago and she had a little she started off telling everyone that she was really anxious and she had real social anxiety and then when she moved past that she became a real know-it-all sassy moving her head from side to side Um, kind of energy and she paired up with this other girl in the group and they used to whisper to each other when other people were reading can you imagine trying to do your first ever reading in a group setting and somebody going while you're trying to work like asshole and still I didn't manage that the way that I should have so spirit had to push it push it push it and then one day she told us all after like three months in a group that she had set up her own uh, business doing readings and I was like what 
what? It's been three months. We meet every two weeks. You're six sessions in. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so we got out these cards and I loved these cards. And her card was prayer and it had a jug of lemon water on the picture and it was yellow. I remember it really well. And she couldn't get anything. And rather than going, oh, this is, you know, I can't get anything for this card. She went, well, it's not my problem. It's your teaching and this shit card deck. That's what she said to me. Um, Which did push me to the limit of getting rid of her. But it was such a lesson to me in that kind of um, self-flagellation, healing spiritual thing. If somebody is a toxic energy around you, whether that is a client or a student, you don't have to work with that. You are allowed to say no. Your job as uh, um, someone for the spirit world is to hold unconditional love. Yes, you can hold unconditional love for yourself and for others, but it's not to allow them in to that sacred space. Um, we all, I mean, I had, oh God, a lady I had to get rid of who was really rude to somebody. I mean, it's just amazing the stuff that you get. And clients is another one. I may have mentioned this before, but I had a lady contact me on Facebook who very sadly, very, very sadly had been told that she was um, dying. Now that's awful. That's really, really awful. She was only young. I get that. And she messaged me and said, I've had a reading from another medium and they couldn't get anything from me. So they gave me a refund. So I don't think I should have to pay you, which is kind of really illogical there. Um, I would like a free one because I'm dying. And my people pleasing kicked in and I was like, this is my duty. This is my job. And then spirit said to me, no, 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 look, she's not ready for a reading. She's already had a medium not be able to do a spirit link for her. You won't be able to do it either. You're just going to put yourself in a horrible situation. So I told her that I was too busy, which was true, that I was fully booked, which was true. Um, And then I shared a stupid meme or something on my Facebook page. And then she commented saying, funny how you've got time to do this, but you haven't got time to, to do a reading for somebody who's dying. And she put another comment on and another comment on. And eventually I had to sort of do a big long explanation to her of how energy works and that I'd done my readings for the day and I was exhausted, but it doesn't cost me any of my, um, you know, when you've got no spiritual connection energy left, you've still got energy left to be able to post a meme on Facebook because it made you chuckle. And then she was like, oh, right, okay, sorry, no one's ever explained it to me before. But there was that real entitled energy from her. And I just thought, I don't ever want to work with you. Um, And I'm sorry for her situation and I'm compassionate for where she's at, but she is not ready for a reading and I don't want to be putting myself in a situation where it damages me because she's not ready. And sometimes you need to say no to events. Um, This is something that I learned. For me, for example, I learned that I don't like doing parties. Now, some of my mediumistic friends have very profitable, very fun, enjoyable jobs where they go to parties and they have an absolute blast and they love it. It's really great for building your spiritual business because obviously if you've got eight people, that's, you know, a collection of people for you to work with, to hear about you. All you need is one person to bring their friends and you've suddenly reached a lot more people. That said, for me, it's just not for me because 
I have a lot of imposter syndrome to deal with. And what I found was happening was after I'd read for the first person, uh, they would go back in the room and I'd be reading for the second, but I'd be trying to also listen to what the the first person was saying to everybody else about whether they thought I was any good or not. And I realised that that was not a space that I could work in because I, I was an ego, I wasn't in spirit. So sometimes you need to find things that don't quite work for you um, and find things that do and the only way to do that is to experience it and try it so when you're starting your spiritual business it's really important not to decide it's going to be a certain way what you need to do is allow yourself to experiment find what works for you and what doesn't and the only way to find that is to do it to sit with it and process it which again is why you don't want to take on too many clients at once because you need time to process what you're feeling what you're thinking what's happening what's working for you so that you can expand and grow so there we go there's some lessons learned in business as always I'm sure that when I'm lying in bed later I'll think of 37 more that I should have said but we're way over time anyway I hope this has helped you and as always if you've got questions email me podcast at hannahmedium.co.uk. Have a great day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.